I want to just say uh, that this year is sponsored, and this whole year of Shiurim is sponsored in memory of Mr. Gerald Moskowitz by his family, Lilui Nishmat Gershon Alter Ben Yehuda Vuxal. But this week's Shir is dedicated by Bati and Eddie Jacobs, whose daughter, oldest daughter, is getting married next week. In memory of Dr. Chuck Feldman, Zichrona Levrocha, and in honor of the upcoming wedding of their daughter, Naomi and Dor Ariel, you see, you have to read this first before you advertise it. I would like to talk about, I'd like to talk a little bit about tshuva. And, uh, you know, the subject of tshuva tends to be a little distressing or depressing, because it's about how we're not as good as we should be. And maybe we can do something about it. Maybe not. You know, like, it's like the, like I told you, like B'nai Yisrael in the desert came to the conclusion that the chances that they would be able to act properly when they got to Eretz Yisrael were very small. Were very small. And therefore, at least according to the Ramban, according to the Ramban, Moshe Rabbeinu tells them before they go to Eretz Yisrael about how many terrible things they did in the desert, but according to the Ramban, it was in order to give them a kind of good feeling, because if they were so bad, and a Kaddish Baruch Hu is still interested in bringing them to Eretz Yisrael, so that means that, you know, that means that God is on their side, so to speak. Right, but that's, that's a personal that's personal problems that people have with themselves. But in these parashiyot, the parashiyot of Nitzavim and Vayelech, the parashiyot of Nitzavim and Vayelech, there is a concern for another kind of tshuva. And I would like to like look at it first through the Rambam. You see the Rambam is on, on the sheet. Hilchot Melachim, Perakut Bet. This is the last chapter of the last book of the Rambam. It was like, it's a, maybe there's a message here. The Rabbim's leaving us with a message. Uh, assuming that you're going to read the whole 14 books that the Rabbim wrote. And the Rabbim thought that people would. That people would prefer to learn Torah from his work, from his book, rather than learning Torah from the Gemara. Because learning Torah from the Gemara, as you may have um, experienced, is far from simple. And the Gemara doesn't usually give you a clear answer to whatever question they ask. In the Gemara, everything is a machloket. But there's no way, no obvious way, to resolve the machloket. But that's the problem that, uh, that we have when we learn the Gemara. So here the Rambam rewrote the Gemara, into the Yad HaZakah, 14 books that contain all the information. And everything that the Rambam says in these 14 books is a decision. There's no doubt. There's no doubt in the Rambam. And that is itself a very uh, interesting, uh, an interesting thing that, you know, here we are, we grow up in doubt. We don't know exactly what to do. You, you've heard, everybody's heard, I've heard that you should do this. 
Well, I heard that you should do that. Now, you don't know exactly who you heard it from or when he said it or who's the, the other opinion. So that's how we live. We live in this kind of doubt. And the Rambam did not solve our problem. But the Rambam was able to concisely clarify, at least for himself, every point of Torah, right? Every point of Torah is clarified in the Rambam. And this is the last chapter of the last book where the Rambam says, this is what you should remember. You know, remember this. He says, al is a person should not think. You see it? You have it on the sheet? I'm looking at this because the print is bigger. Uh, I don't think that problem will ever be solved, Dr. Letterman. I'm getting used to it, though. I drove from... Uh, Gilboa this morning to Yerushalayim I didn't see a thing so uh, obviously you don't have to see much no I was awake all the time I just didn't see anything so here the Rabban talks about Yemot HaMashiach the days of the Mashiach what are the days of the Mashiach he doesn't tell us he says, but obviously it means when the Mashiach comes. But like, what is it? Like, uh, what's happening? He says, he says, you should know that nothing is going to change. By that he means that all what we might call laws of nature remain exactly the same. Right? The teacher's teacher, the doctor's doctor, and the dentist's dentist, and it's all the same. You know, if you think that in Yemotah Mashiach you won't get a cavity, wrong. <laughs> You'll continue to get cavities in Yemotah Mashiach, according to the Ramah. He says, everybody who thinks that there'll be a, a novelty in, uh, in creation, or something new will be created, something that didn't exist, some, some notion, a natural notion will be recreated. I don't know if the Ramah is talking about uh, what he has to say about uh, Darwin and all of that stuff. But he said, nothing is going to change. Nothing is, that's the Rambam's idea. Uh, but the world continues to be as it always has been. Everybody knows there's a Pesach in Yishayahu. The Pesach says, V'gar ze'ev im keves. A wolf Zeev, keves, sheep. Like, so everybody knows that that's not normal. And everybody said, and, and here who said it? A Navi. And what do Navi, Navi'im do? They tell the future. So it sounds like the Navi is saying that in the future there will be a great difference. Regard Zeev and keves. He says, no, that's called Mashal Vachida. It's a, uh, you know, mashal v'chida are words that the Rambam uses when he tries to explain what Shira Shirim is about. You know, the Song of Songs. Not really about that kind of love, but it's about a different kind of love. That's what he calls a mashal v'chida. If you want to call that a metaphor, you can. Right? Metaphors themselves, once you get into it, when you learn, uh, when you get into literature... You understand that there are different kinds of metaphors. Or when you say something is a metaphor, you mean, may mean different things. So here's what the Rambam says. Mashal v'chida, inyana davar, 
שהיו ישראל יושבים לבטח עם רשעי גויים המשולים, כזאב ונאמר, שנאמר זאב, ערבות ישדדם, ונאמר שוקד על עריהם. יש לך כאן פסוק שמתמודדים was strongly opposed to this position. And the Ramban asked a simple question. He says, and this is something worth thinking about as well, the Ramban said, um, metaphors are not something you generate on your own. This is not like free thinking, and you can just go around and say, and you can say Shakespeare is a metaphor for... Uh, Uh, modernity sometimes, so you put on a Shakespearean play as though it was a modern play. You can't do that. The Ramban, the Ramban says in order to make a metaphor, you need a prior statement by Chazal. It was Chazal are the ones who sifted through all the metaphors that could possibly exist, and they told you which ones were legitimate and acceptable. And he says, if you look in Chazal, if you look at all the literature, You won't find such a metaphor. The Vugarza Ebim Kebes is talking about the nations of the world. And therefore, the Ramban says that the Rambam is wrong. He had like methodologically committed a very grievous error. But of course you understand that the Ramban is not so nervous about changing the nature of things. In the Yemot HaMashiach, going to the Ramban, it'll be the way God wants it to be. If God wants the wolf and the, and, and the sheep to, to lie together and run around together, so that's what's going to happen. He's not bothered by that. He doesn't have a prior notion that makes this conclusion unacceptable. Let's go on in the, in the Rambam. Uh, skip the next pasuk. He says, V'chein kol kayotzi be'elad v'ayim b'inyana Mashiach. Hey, Mishalim, does anything you hear about the Mashiach or somebody says about the Mashiach, that's a mashal. The Rambam says. Mashal means metaphor. Metaphor means A doesn't equal A. But A equals anything. But that's what the koach of a metaphor is. Right? A, a metaphor is hard to control. You can, you can say anything is anything. If you allow. I mean, that's a, that's a problem of all interpretation. Which, you know, like... Like if I try to start off with whatever I think Pshad is, which we're not talking about today, like the simple interpretation. Simple interpretation is very difficult, right? Because if you read two newspapers describing what happened today, you might find that different things happened at the same time because it's somehow in the eyes of the beholder, right? So if you're committed to a certain political position, You might think one thing happened then. If you're committed to a different kind of position, you'll think a different thing happened. So in any event, this is the, the great machloket between the Rambam and the Ramban. But as far as we're concerned, the Rambam is telling us about Yemot HaMashiach. Firstly, he's going to tell us that there will be Yemot HaMashiach. 
And second thing he tells us is that the teva, nature, natural law, will remain intact. Right? We're not going to float off uh, to the moon or something. But everything's going to be the same. Everything's going to be the same. So if everything's going to be the same, what do you need it for? Why are we waiting for the Mashiach? If, if it's all the same. You know, nothing is, nothing's going to be changed. So the Rabbim Gazan says, Amrub Chachamim. So the Rambam is hard put to find a, a distinctive point. Because the Rambam, the Rambam understood that it's very hard to know anything about something that hasn't happened yet. And that even though we want to know, even though we want to know, and here the Rambam told us that, uh, that Yemotah Mashiach, Yemotah Mashiach is, everything's the same. So we said, uh, so what do you need Yemotah Mashiach? What is it going to do for us? So the Rambam picks on a statement in Chazal. And it's a, you can look and see how many things did Chazal say about Yemotah Mashiach and what did the Rambam choose from all the things that, so this is what he chose. He said, Ein ben olam hazeh, Chazal said, Ein ben olam hazeh l'mot ha-Mashiach, ela shi'abud malchuyot v'lvat. What's going to happen is that there'll be no political tensions. Can you imagine that? Everybody be friendly, everybody be happy, everybody will visit everybody else, everybody will fly to everybody else's location. That's called shi'abud malchuyot, is a state in which one nation dominates the other. Of course, today, it's no longer clear what Shiabud Malchuyot means, because little countries in the world say, America it practices Shiabud Malchuyot, and America says that America practices charity. So, the, the distance between charity and Shiabud Malchuyot is very, very big. It's just that we can't always know which is which. Then the Ramam goes on and says, this is clarified by the Nevi'im, by the Prophet, that's clearly stated in the Nevi'im, there'll be a great war, a war that's called the War of Gog and Magog, for some reason, right? I don't know what Gog, who Gog is, and who Magog is, and what they have to do with the great war. But, you know, there you could speculate. Because that's one of the advantages to literary analysis. You could always speculate about things that you don't know anything about. Whereas, in math and physics, it's harder to do that. Because somebody will say to you, prove it. Right? So you can't prove it. So the interpretation, the interpretation becomes an art form. In other words, you don't have to read the book anymore if the interpretation is really good. You know, because the interpretation does it for you. The book is sort of like gets trivialized. Which is Lahavdil, um, the relationship between the Mishnah and the Gemara. Like when, when Rashi wrote his Perush, he hardly ever addresses the Mishnah. Because he says, what for? We'll get it in the Gemara. The Gemara will explain it to us. It's just because the printer put it on the page. Uh, printing came after Rashi. But I'm just saying, you know, we, in the yeshiva way, like we'll mish all the, the dates together. I will say that 
if the printer wanted to put the Mishnah and the Gemara together, so okay. But there's nothing in the Mishnah that's not explained in the Gemara. And if it's not explained in the Gemara, so we're stuck. You know, well, what are we going to do? What's the, what's the point? So here the Rambam says, before this great war of Gog and Magog, will, there will be a prophet who comes along, and the words are, Yasher Yisrael Ulavin Liba. Yasher, Yashar is good, straight. Like you say, we could say, straighten you out. I'm going to straighten you out. That means I'm going to beat you up. But in Hebrew, it means straight thinking, straight feeling. You know, there's like, a, of course, a religious dimension to it, right? According to the Ramam, you have to know what you're supposed to do. And so, chait, any avera, is based on some kind of confusion. You're confused about what you're supposed to do. But before the Yemota Mashiach, our preparation for the Messianic era is going to be, liyasher Yisrael lochim imam shenemar, hinei anochi sholech lacham et aliyah, what is that? You know what that is? That's called psak. That's called psak. You say you come to the rabbi and you say, "Here's a chicken. Is it kosher or treif?" So it is either kosher or treif. But the Gemara has already taught us in the famous story of the Tanur Shel Achnai that Loba Shemayim he. Who is the one who has the last word to say about Tamei v'tahor, about kosher and treif? The poskim? Whoever's there? We're not waiting for the Mashiach to find out if the chicken is kosher. The chicken is kosher or treif, depending on what the rabbi says. But even the Mashiach comes, I'm not going to ask the Mashiach. That's not, you know, he didn't come from heaven. He didn't come down from heaven to teach me that this chicken is edible and that chicken is not. Certainly not. So a long time, so here he says, V'lolif solad ha'shim, sheim v'cheskat k'sherot, v'lolach shir mishe huchzekup sulim. Right? You remember, this is a problem in the Gemara, the end of the Gemara of Kedushin, there's this whole problem about yichus. When they came back, when Ezra brought the Jews back from Eretz, it was like today, we had computers and it was in there, and if, you, if you're okay, you're okay, and if you're not okay, a red light goes on in your computer or something. No, they just didn't know. People came from all sorts of small towns in what was Bavel, Babylonia, and then became Persia. And, and when they were collected together, I'm making this up, by the way, when they were collecting, they were collected together by Ezra, so they came from all sorts of places. It was hard to know. Because as I asked everybody, uh, was your mother Jewish? You know, it could very well be that this guy's mother or this woman's mother was not Jewish. So Ezra, when they came back, they were confronted with this problem, like who's a Kohen, who's a Levi, who's a Jew, and, and they had to work it out somehow. So the Rambam says, referencing that story, the Rambam says that the people, that the people, uh, that Eliyahu Anafi, when he comes, he's not going to straighten this out. 
Shame because Kat Kashut will all shame All the people who were determined to be kosher, even based on a chazaka. You know what a chazaka is? Like a likelihood. A likelihood, but, but they could always be wrong. Any chazaka can be wrong. That's, that's what chazaka means. Right? That always, if you have, uh, if you find a, a bag of, of, of food in the street, let's say you find a bag of meat, and it doesn't have any sign on it as to where it came from. So you could, you make some kind of an estimate. There's a lot of kosher butcher, butcher stores in the neighborhood, so you could say it's kosher. If there aren't, there's only one kosher butcher store that's far away, and the other kinds of butcher stores are closer. So you say, it's not kosher. It's not kosher but you don't know. But that's not 100%, so you would think, Eliyar Navi, here's the man, he knows. So he'll tell me, I just go with my bag of meat, tell the Navi, he'll tell me it's kosher trade. The Raman says no. Because that would be a shinui b'teva. That would be a change in the way things were ordained to be, which is, or which, the way the things are ordained to be, is that uh, uh, we figure it out. That's our, what we have to do. We have to figure it out. Since Moshe Rabbeinu, right, Moshe Rabbeinu consulted with heaven, but after Moshe Rabbeinu, that option to consult with heaven came to an end. And we were no longer able to do that. All we had to do was consult with ourselves or with our rabbis or people who are knowledgeable. That's what, that's what we did. And that's what the rabbi says, Eliyahu Anavi is not going to do. He's not going to do that. Ela lasum shalom ba'olam. That's what the Rambam says. The Rambam says, Eliyahu Navi's job is to make peace. And make peace is what the Rambam said at the beginning of the halacha about Shibud uh, Malchuyot. That's the difference. Before Eliyahu Navi comes, there's no peace in the world. People are unhappy with each other. After Eliyahu Navi comes, there'll be peace in the world. And everybody will be happy. And the Rambam says, look, even though I've told you a little bit about the Mashiach and Eliyahu, but I recognize the fact this was a great, a great thing that, to, to my mind that the Rambam wrote, which was that you can't be sure. When it happens, it'll happen. And even if Chazal tried to tell me what's going to happen when the Mashiach comes, it's not a hundred percent. You can get an idea, but it's not a hundred percent. Shedvarim stumimim neviim. They're not clear. The prophets are not clear about them. And the Chachamim don't have a tradition. They didn't receive a tradition. But you all know that the Mashiach is not mentioned in the Torah. Right? Even though it says, Oz Yashir Moshe, right? There Rashi says that it's a reference to the Mashiach, but it's far from an obvious reference. You think that if the Mashiach was coming, that the Torah someplace would mention it. But the Rambam, uh, the Rambam here says, They don't know exactly what's going to be. All they can do is read the Psukim and try to decide. And therefore, the Rambam says in a very rare 
kind of statement that there is a machloket about these things. And what the Rabbah means is it can't be determined. Right? Most machlokes, the reason that the Rambam wrote his book was because he thought he could determine what a machloket was. But here he says, I can't, it can't be determined. Valkopanim ein sidu havayat dvarim elu velodik dukehem ikar padat. This doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Once you agree or you know that the Mashiach is going to come, so you don't have to uh, worry about the details. It's not, an, it's not an ikar. It's not one of the Rambam's Yud Gimel Ikarim, 13 basic principles of the faith about which in modern times they have resurrected the arguments that went on at the time of the Rambam, whether it was 13 or less than 13 or more than 13, right? They're always... Always these kinds of arguments. You shouldn't like waste too much time with these Hagadot, what we, we would call Agadot, and are uh, found in the rabbinic literature. I mean, it's good to know them. It's good to know them. Uh, you can you can make a bar mitzvah drasha out of it or something. That's very nice. But you shouldn't spend too much time trying to figure out what it really what it really means. Um, this is an important uh, important thing. In other words, you know, sometimes people sell a certain kind of certainty about things. If you do this, then you'll get that. Right, so the Rambam says that's not a good idea. So you see, according to the Rambam, the test of a religious activity is if it brings you closer to Yirat Hashem or Abba. It's a simple test. So if you go to shul on Rosh Hashanah, you go to shul on Rosh Hashanah, and you feel Abba Hashem. They don't have to say you don't have to say it was a good chazan, it was a bad chazan, a good baltfil, a bad baltfil, because you know that for you it worked. And the same thing is true. The same thing is true if you go to a shul with have the greatest chazan in the world and the greatest uh, uh, I don't know whatever baltokea that the world has ever had, but it doesn't do it for you, right? You look, you sort of like remain an outsider, so that no good. Right, you didn't daven. That, that's, yeah, it doesn't matter how uh, people always say. People always say about shul. They say, "How was it?" Like it, like there's an it, and it it is either good or bad. So how was it? Oh, it was great. We finished at twelve thirty. And all the other shuls finished at one thirty. So it, it was great. But no, the Ram says the Ram says very simple. It's a very simple test. It's a very simple way of knowing. And that has to do with Abba and Yira. If what you're doing brings you closer to HaKadosh Baruch you feel, I mean, again, we're not talking about objective, uh, objective things, if you feel close to HaKadosh Baruch it's, it, I think that, um, that, that the religious personality should, of course, start from some point at which he had certainty. Right, for many people, especially if you learn in yeshiva, or, 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 or even women who daven in yeshivas on uh, Yom Kippur, the time before Ni'ilah in Eretz Yisrael, the time before Ni'ilah, because there's this 
tremendous rush that suddenly takes place. You want to do Birkat Kohanim before Shkia, and it's very late, and you have to daven fast, you have to say all the slichas, and, and there's this, this kind of imposed tension in the air that I think people remember Ni'ila in a yeshiva as, as a very positive experience. And the trick is to kind of schlep that experience along and to make it part of your other davening. I mean, okay, you can't maybe get, get it to daily davening right away, but a little bit. You know, you move, uh, uh, you move with it, with the experience, you move it into other, into other places. That's how you get the year of the Ava. But the shul, especially here in Eretz Yisrael, I mean, we are far from a wasteland when it comes to shuls, even though I was in Malay Gilboa for Rosh Hashanah, and it was like, take it or leave it. Yeah, it wasn't like you could go to another shul. But, uh, but here in Yerushalayim, every block there's another shul. So you should go to the shul that does it. You shouldn't go, keep going to the shul because of some other reason. Now, that's what I think. But, you know, so the Rambam says, It's not good to try to figure out when all this is going to happen. Ketz means the end of something. When's, when's the end of history? When's it taking place? Okay. So the Rambam, the Rambam uh, thinks that that the Yemotah Mashiach has something to do with Shalom. And he said that we need preparation. Remember what the Rambam says? The Rambam says, uh, That's what the Pasuk says in Malachi. And then he says, Lasum Shalom Ba'olam. Lasum Shalom Ba'olam. It is the Rambam's vision of the change that takes place in Yemot HaMashiach is that people get along with each other. Now, this may not sound like such a big deal, but, you know, after you've experienced a lot of people not getting along with each other, it seems to be a great idea. And this is the Rambam, the way the Rambam understands, the way the Rambam understands Yemotah Mashiach. Now, if I, if I would ask you, what is the agency of the change? I mean, what does Eliana V bring to the table? Is it just the shock of him appearing that makes everybody want to be friendly, like they don't want to be left out. What what is it that turns history around? So if you look at the sheet again on the first uh, on the first page, the first pasuk is a pasuk in Nitzavim, last week's parasha, Perak Lamed, which is called Parashat Tshuva. The pasuk says. So this pasuk says, as a statement, v'shafta. It doesn't say im shafta. It says v'shafta. V'shafta means you will surely do tshuva. You will surely. There's a promise. In the Torah that you will do tshuva, and what is what does the Ramban say? V'shavta ad Hashem elokech v'shabbat v'kolol kol asher anochim yisavcha yom atav v'anecha. 
שנשוב אל השם בכל לבבך, שתשוב בכל לבבך ובכל נפשך. אוקיי, כל לבבך וכל נפשך, אז the way the Torah says, very, like very, very. It's the most very that you could have. When you do something בכל לבבך, with all your heart, בכל נפשך, with all your soul. Right, that's the most. The most of what it what could be. Shetashuv el Hashem bechol levokha bechol nefshecha utekabel alecha ba'al banecha ledorotam lasod kechol asher enoch misabcha yom and then you will accept God's demands for yourself and for your children. So how do you accept it for your children? I mean, your children are not born yet. Your grandchildren, your great grandchildren, are not born. How can I accept? How can I accept for them? So you know, in the parashat HaTshuvah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Umal Hashem L'Karim Levavcha, that God will circumcise your hearts. That means if you accept, if you accept God's demand, there will be a kind of physical change that takes place in you and your descendants, and that is that your heart will be kind of attuned to what God wants. Umal Hashem L'Karim Levavcha. That's what it says. כאשר, רש"י, back to the Rabban, I'm sorry, כאשר עשו בגאולה שנית, as they did when they came back from Babel with Ezra, right, the quotes of Pesach Nechemia, ובאים בעלה ובשבועה, they made a new, uh, uh, they, they made a new, uh, like a covenant, I mean, they, an, oh, they took an oath, ללכת בתורת אלוקים אשר ניתנה ביד משה עבד האלוקים לשמור לעשות כל מצוות השם אדוננו משפטיו וחוקיו. So that's what, it, it happened again. או יהיה מצבך אתה ובניך כמו מצבך לך ולבניך. כעניין ואתה ציווית. Right, so the Ramban is worried about this idea of Ben. How do you accept, how do you accept תשובה? Or the result of tshuva for you and your children, the Ramban says. The Ramban says you you can do it. You can take an oath. You can pass it on to your children. You can have mal Hashem, agafat lebavcha. All of this is possible. So we go back to the Ramban. If I go back to the Ramban, I say, what is it that Eliyahu Navi is going to do for us? Eliyahu Navi is going to lead us in tshuva. He's going to lead us back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but not just back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in which that new state that we're in becomes Teva. That's, the, that's what we are. That's the, we, there's no other way. There's no other way to be. So this is what the Rambam says, and this is what the Ramban says. So it seems that Tshuva, V'shavta Adashem Elokecha, Tshuva is a... Um, a very effective, a very effective way of changing the nature of the people. That somehow, this is what the Torah says. It's true you have to do tshuva every day. Every day. Like if you know that you did something wrong, you don't wait for Rosh Hashanah, you don't wait. You, you do tshuva every day. Besides that, you have to do tshuva every year. Because there's a gzardin. There's some kind of a, we know that a Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, those are times, those are special times. So special times, you better do, you better do tshuva. So that's all about the individual. But Perek Lamed, 
seems to be about the nation, about national tshuva. If you ever looked at Rav Kook, uh, um, the book that he didn't write, called Orota Tshuva, right? It was written by Rav Yehuda. It wasn't written. Rav Kook wrote it. I don't want to give the wrong idea, but he wrote it as paragraphs. But Rav Kook, the son, Rav Yehuda, he put the paragraphs together in a book. And so I heard once the Rav Kook said he used to learn Orota Tshuva because he never saw it before it was printed, even though they're all his words. So Rav Kook was very concerned about national Tshuva, how the, the nation can be brought closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And so he wrote, he wrote about that. Now, I want to look at a pasuk in the, uh, in the parasha of, of uh, Bayelech, this week's parasha. It's on the second sheet. The second sheet, about halfway down. Zvarim Perek Lamed Aleph Pasuk Kaf Aleph. Lamed Aleph Kaf Aleph. Let me just look in a in the bigger type. Okay, the Pasuk says, Pasuk Kaf Aleph. Is that what it is? I'm sorry, Lamed Aleph Kaf Aleph? Is that what it is? Vayaki Tin Sena Oto Raot Rabot Vitsarot. So that's obviously Ra'ot, Ra'ot, Sarot. Those are all the curses that the Torah lists in the parasha of Kitavo. If you keep the Torah and the mitzvahs, it'll be good. But if you don't think the Torah and the mitzvahs is going to be bad, it's not going to be bad, it's going to be very bad. And there's a very long list of bad in the parasha of Kitavo. Here comes a, here's a pasuk. The pasuk says, Vayaki tensena otora otra bot vitsarot. When this all happens to you. So, like, what's the natural, what would be the natural result of rabotra ot vitsarot? That you give up the ship. I mean, isn't that normal? I mean, how much pain and punishment can a person endure? And that's really the wonder of Jewish history. The wonder of Jewish history is that in spite of the fact that we were often beaten and, uh, and oppressed, we somehow maintained. I mean, I, I'm not talking about for the miraculous aspect. I mean, we maintained because we thought, we thought there was a future. I, I mean, you know, there were a lot of people, a lot of Jews who, who left the Jewish fold. Like, we like to think that this didn't happen. But it's apparently not true. A lot of Jews could not stand up to the pressure. But there were always many Jews who did stand up to the pressure. So what, what were they standing up to the pressure with? So I think it was Olam Hazeh. Not Olam Haba. It wasn't like the people said, well, if I just hang in there, they'll kill me, so I'll go to a good spot in Olam Haba. But because they knew that they had a good spot for Olam Hazeh. That something good was going to happen. 
Right? They knew that promise. So here's the pasuk. The pasuk says, Right? A, part A, first stitch in the pasuk. That's like a little bit. So hashirah hazot. Let's agree, for the sake of our present discussion, that the word shirah, the song, refers to the entire Torah. And not just the hazinu. But we'll say it refers to the Torah. So means, and the Torah will be an answer. Lefanav, le'ed. The Torah will, will be, will withstand this, will help us to withstand this oppression. That's what, that's what the post says. What maloti shakach mi pi mi? I guess it's a school question. The Torah, loti shakach mi pi zaros. It's like a new promise. A new promise that God promises B'nai Israel. He says, you'll never forget the Torah. And what will that do for you? What will that do for you? You'll be able to withstand Ki yadati et Yitzro, asher hu oseh hayom b'terem avienu la'aretz asher nishvat. Because I know, I know his inclination. I know what people, Jews, are inclined to do before I bring them. So now, if you look at the Rashi and this pasuk, b'antashira uh, hazot. V'chetreti bo b'tocha. I warned B'nai Yisrael I'll call at Motsa'ot Oto and, and I warned B'nai Yisrael about all the things that they will encounter that's all in the Torah in, in, in other words it turns out that Kitavo is a Nechama it, it's to help us it, if you look at it that way, you say, what can they do to us that the Torah hasn't predicted that something's going to do to us? So if the Torah predicted what is going to be done to us, so that's a kind of consolation. Oh, oh, oh you know, it's going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. So it, it, it helps me to get through it. It helps me to get through it. So this is what Rashi says. Let's look again at the Rashi. Uh, I have already warned them about all the things that are going to happen. Just think about the worst thing, the worst pestilence, the worst uh, 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 sickness, illness, disease. It's all in the Torah. It's all in the Torah. And in order for that to work, there's a promise in the Torah that the Torah will, will be there, will always be there. You get it? In, in, in other words, I'm being punished, but I have a lifeline according to Rashi. I have some way of hanging on to life that it's going to be good. How do I do that? I do that through the Torah. 
I do that through the Torah, because the Torah in Parshat Kitabo, but also the end of Ayikra and other places, has enumerated every single uh, kind of punishment that might oppress the Jewish people. And since it's already there, it's written, when it happens, it's not of no significance, because it is the introduction to something else. It's always the introduction to something, it's never finality. So the Jews who have the Torah, the Jews who are holding on to the Torah, and the children who are holding on to the Torah, are able to obviously come to this, to come to this conclusion. Able to come to this conclusion. So you see that uh, that Eliyahu Anavi, Eliyahu Anavi doesn't have to say anything. Eliyahu Anavi, when he comes, doesn't say anything because all he has to be is the forerunner of the Mashiach. That's what the Raman says. Before the Mashiach comes, the Mashiach is going to be announced. And since all the Jews who are there at the time believe that there's an end to history and that the parasha of Kitavo is only like something that will pass. It'll happen, but it'll pass. And when it passes, there'll be more history. And more history means Yemota Mashiach. The days of the Messiah will come. And that's why, uh, that's why the Rambam, the Rambam doesn't have to tell us what exactly Eliyahu Hanavi is going to say, what his message is. Because the message is, the time has come. That's the message. It's not content. It's not like there's a new mitzvah or there's a new Avera. It's not like, it's not like that. It's just that, you know, Eliyahu Hanavi, Alala Shamaim Bisara, he went up on a chariot. He didn't die. He was sort of like set aside for this job. You'll come back, people will know the Mashiach is coming, they'll get ready, and they'll believe it because they have the Torah. They'll believe it because they have the Torah. So the tshuva, the tshuva, the shafta, the shevel of kecho, the going back to HaKadosh Bochor at the national level is dependent on having the Torah, having this idea, this historical idea that comes from the Torah. Um, Let's look at the Svat Emet. The last, the last source. The Svat Emet says, "Vapasuk v'antashira zot lefanav la'ed." Remember, that's the pasuk we just read. Shira hazot is the Torah. It will be a witness. It will be where with bear witness. I didn't explain that. What does it bear witness to? That there's more history. Because the Torah would not have told us how terrible the punishment is if there was no post-punishment. And what's the point? If the punishment is the end of everything, so they don't have to write it in great detail. But the Torah wrote it in great detail because he wants us to believe that there is something that comes after the punishment. And this is, goes back to the idea that we mentioned at the beginning that according to the Ramban, according to Ramban, it depends how you see yourself. Ramban said that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted B'nai Yisrael to see themselves as being supported by the mercy of heaven because God didn't punish them. God didn't destroy them. So it depends how you look at it. Right? So look at the Swat Abed. The Pasuk Vatashi Rajot of the eight. Hilotishkach Vipi Zaro. The Chi the Katuf. Anochi Aster Aster. That's what it says in the Pasuk. Anochi Ashem. God Haster Aster. Haster Aster means I will very much cover things up. 
Like you're not going to know what's going on. I'm very much haster haster. I will very much cover things up. What does very much cover things up mean? This is called in. Uh, now there's a word for this that if you that uh, might appear from time to time on the Times Crossroad Puzzle Sunday, the Sunday Times Crossroad Puzzle, which is the hardest Crossroad Puzzle. Paranomazia. Paranomazia means you use two words for one, which is exactly another way of saying it doesn't mean anything, which is another way of saying if it does mean something, I haven't got a clue what it means. Right? That's called paranomazia. In Hebrew, it's called lashon nofel alashon, which is actually very nice. It's a nice phrase. So it says in the Pasuk it says in the Pasuk, which is not on the sheet So the Sfat Emet says a wonderful pshat. He says the Katub Anochi Aster Aster Pairashnu Sheye Nistar HaEster and as you get it, you could say, I don't see God. And you could say, God? What's the difference? If you say, I don't see God, it means the implication is that you might see God. Like you wonder about it. How come I don't see God? Why isn't God talking to me, telling me anything? That's, that's called Hester Panim. But Hester Aster. Right, the double, the lashon, the fela lashon, means I don't even know that there's hester panim. Hester panim is the knowledge of something. Hester panim means I know that God is not looking at me. I know that I can't see God, but doesn't that imply that there is God? Yes, it does. But if I say, I don't know anything about Hester panim, not hester panim, nothing, I don't know anything. So it means you're really even further away. So that's what hester hester means. You're going to be so far away that you're not even going to know that you're far away. That's what they're going to say. What do you mean, What does that mean? That it's all predicted in the Torah. If it's all predicted in the Torah, so I know that it's part of the divine plan. If it's part of the divine plan, the plan will continue. So that means I know that God is Imanu B'Tzarah. It's not like something that, that people say without really thinking about it. But according to the Sfat Ahmed, is all the disasters are written in the Torah, then the cues for the, then the future beyond the disaster must also be written in the Torah, as we said before. That's what he says. Using the Torah, using the Shira, Shira is Hazinu, but the Torah and Shira are the same thing. Yecholim levarer zot. Levarer. Hasidim like that uh, that word barer. Barer means to clarify something, to, to see it, to see it better. You can see it better. You can look at it more clearly. What can you look at more clearly? 
what I'm doing here. What am I doing here? The whole world's against me. Everybody's beating up on, on the, the Jewish people. Who knows about whether we are secure or not? So what do you, what do you derive from that? What do you derive from that? So the Svatimet says what you should derive from that is that there's a future. Because that's all predicted. So there must be a future. So hang in there. Right? How come the Torah, if you look at the Torah, it'll be clarified for you. What will be clarified? That there's a future. That it'll go on. Why is there a future? Because you have the present. It's all, it's all, it's all clearly stated in the, in the Torah. Shal yedei ha-Torah yecholim v'ra-kol ki-Torah or v'ein ha-chol she-chol ha-chich or ha-Torah k'mo she-kaduv ha-vera mechabah mitzvah v'ein ha-mechabah Torah. So we have this idea that or, that light, that choshech can take away the light of a candle but not light. Light goes beyond that. So we see, we see that if we think about, if we think about the future, we're thinking about tshuva. That's what we're thinking about. But in the future, tshuva will not come only as a recognition of personal hate, something we did wrong, which is a problem that each of us has that we have to deal with somehow. But the tshuva that will create the future, the v'shavta adashev alukecho, is the ability to see that the Torah already includes the future. It includes what, everything bad that's happening to us and that will happen to us. And therefore, it also includes what happens after that future, which is good. And we see that the Pesach says that the Torah is what uh, makes it possible for you to clarify this for yourself, either by learning Torah or basking in the light of the Torah according to the Svat Met. All the best. I have a good Shabbos. And uh, let me just uh, let me just mention this again. The sheer is sponsored in memory of Mr. Gen- uh, Gerald Moskowitz by his family, Lilu Nishvat Gershon Alta Ben Yehuda Wolf. And this week's sheer, this week's sheer is dedicated by Bati Eddie Jacobs, a member of Dr. Chuck Feldman Zal, and in honor of the upcoming wedding of their daughter, Nomi, to Dor Ariyesh. All the best. Gemar Chatimah Tova. Have an easy fast. Well over the fast. The only thing I learned when I was in England.